The best in Internet talk radio. A mind-bendingly ingenious plan to control the universe. We're building the best Internet talk radio on the planet. TalkZone.com InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. How your home is arranged could keep you healthy or make you sick. The facts may surprise you. As InfoTrack's Taryn McCall talks with an expert. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. A recent article in Prevention Magazine challenges conventional wisdom about healthy habits. It's a list of the worst places for your health, and these places are in your own home. We're talking with Marianne McGinnis. She's the West Coast editor of Prevention Magazine. Welcome to InfoTrack, Marianne. Thank you so much. So I'm thinking medicine in the medicine cabinet. It's high up. It's away from the reach of kids and animals. Right, and it's called the medicine cabinet. (laughs) The problem with the medicine cabinet for medicine is that our bathrooms get really hot on a very frequent basis because of our showering and bathing. It's not unusual for a restroom to reach 100 degrees. And medications usually recommended to keep them between 60 and 70 degrees in a cool, dark, dry place, which is the last thing that most of our bathrooms are. So actually, the medicine cabinet can be the worst place to keep medications. What's a good alternative? (laughs) A very good alternative, if you have room for it, is a small upper drawer in your bureau, in your bedroom is fine, or a kitchen pantry, if that's cool. The trick is that you do need it to be dark, because light also breaks down medications. I know a lot of people that say, oh, I like to keep it on a lazy Susan right on my table where I can see it, and that's fine as long as you have it in a dark container, but if it's in a light container, it needs to be stored in a dark, cool, dry space. More bathroom danger, the toothbrush. Not on the counter, why? Yeah, this one's sort of icky. I learned my lesson from this one and threw out all our toothbrushes and got new ones. Most of us keep our toothbrushes on the counter like I did in a handy-dandy little toothbrush holder. And the problem is that when you flush your toilet, a wonderful, fine, microscopic little mist of microbes flies all over your bathroom. About 3.2 million per square inch. So... Microbes is just a fancy word for bacteria, but it's yucky, however you say it. So a much better place for your toothbrush is in a drawer or a cabinet. I have a lot of people ask me, well, you know, what about our towels that are hanging out? And these are things that we use on the outside of our body. The problem with toothbrushes, of course, is that we're putting them in our mouth. So we're introducing bacteria into our mouth. So it's really important that we keep them extra, extra clean. And for people that are traveling, um, hotel rooms don't often have medicine cabinets in them. So you might want to remove your toothbrush from the bathroom entirely. That is a fantastic point. I have not yet discussed that, but that is so true to either keep them inside your toiletry bag the whole time or buy one of the little containers that they have for traveling. That's a very good point. So just keeping it covered will help. Exactly. I'm in the habit of taking off my shoes when I enter the house, but according to this article, that's not a bad idea for everyone. Why is that? It's a great idea, and actually we do the same in our family. I was trying to find a nice place to keep cluttered shoes with kids and a husband and all of that, and that was the best excuse. But for people who suffer from allergies, bringing in shoes brings in the allergens that you've been walking around in all day. If you're walking on a lawn, of course, that makes it extra bad. But even if you're out and about all day long, you can pick up pollen and other debris, dust, on your shoes and bring it into your house and you bring those allergens right in with you. So if you're lucky enough to have a mud room right at the front of the house or a closet right at the front door, store shoes there or if you want, place a bin right out front and 
throw them out there or set up a little bench with storage area right by the front, and you'll keep all those allergens at least by the very front door and not track them into the house. Let's talk about kitchen hygiene because we've been hearing about food poisoning a lot lately. I've been told that it's not a good idea to let food cool on the counter before refrigeration because that would increase the chances for bacteria to grow. Your article says exactly the opposite. Right. When you place a large pot of food that you've just cooked into the refrigerator, it doesn't cool evenly, and it also can affect the foods around it. It can cause them to rise to a temperature where bacteria can grow as well. A better idea is to go ahead. It's okay to let it sit on the stove for about an hour or so and let it cool, and then split it up into smaller containers and put those smaller containers in the refrigerator or the freezer, and that way they'll cool more easily. Another great trick, and I learned this ages ago when I worked at a restaurant, restaurant was if you have a big heavy pot, you can actually fill a sink or a bigger pot full of cold water and set that pot in it. And that even increases the cooling a little bit faster without hurting any other foods. Here's another good one that the Prevention Magazine article addresses. For years, I thought the best place to store coffee after opening was in the fridge or the freezer. Right. It was a trendy thing to do when everybody first got their own little coffee grinders and had their beans. A lot of people would store them in the freezer. But really, every time you put something in and take something out of the freezer, it loses moisture. And then when it refreezes, it dries it out. So it actually rapidly increases the amount of moisture that coffee beans and their taste that they lose. So you don't want to stash them in the freezer. You really want to keep them, again, in something that's cool and dry and well-sealed like a glass jar would be fine. We're talking with Marianne McGinnis of Prevention Magazine on some of the worst places for your health and just a few questions about being out in public. And again, we're going right back to the bathroom. What is the worst toilet stall in a public restroom and why? You know, I don't know the scientists that were lucky enough to do this, but, oh, I feel so bad for them. There were researchers who went out and swabbed down a whole lot of stalls in a whole lot of different bathrooms and found that consistently the middle stalls had the most bacteria in them. And the researchers sort of theorized that, well, people may just gravitate towards the middle stalls. Whatever the reason, the safest thing to do is to choose the very first stall or the very last stall. Those tend to be the cleanest. And the worst place to sit on an airplane? In the rear, and also not the best, not the worst, is in the very front of the plane if we're talking about a smooth ride. Actually, the smoothest place on an airplane is next to the wing. It's kind of like thinking about a seesaw. So if you're sitting on either end of the seesaw, of course, you're going up and down. If you're sitting right in the middle, that's where the wing is on the plane, and it just doesn't move up and down as much, or you don't feel the movement as much. I travel a lot using public transportation, and MP3 players are everywhere. People have those earbuds in. I know you have some suggestions on the worst places to actually do that. Yeah, it's very dangerous. In fact, I was just reading about a lawsuit that's out against some MP3 players for the damage that they've caused to hearing. They don't, all of them, don't have volume controls on them. And when you're listening on public transportation or an airplane, anything that makes its own loud noise, you have the tendency to turn your MP3 player iPod up louder so it can actually damage your ears. It's a good idea to look for, and they're a bit more costly, but they're worth it, headphones and small earbuds that actually cancel out outside noise, and that helps you keep the volume lower. So it's a good idea to look for some of those. For more possibly shocking worst places, listeners should check out Prevention Magazine or visit the website, prevention.com. Right, Marianne? That's it. 
This is Marianne McGinnis. We're speaking with the West Coast editor of Prevention Magazine. Thank you so much for being with us today in InfoTrack. Thank you. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.